Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. Says the Gemara. Rav Shmuel by Yehuda. This Amayra. Nice to see it, Tulsa. Rav Shmuel by Yehuda. Reb Chatzkel, Reb Chatzkel, when anybody became a chassan, Reb Chatzkel always asked the story of how you became a chassan. It says, Hashem is mezavig zivugim avi, Hashem makes shadochim. I have a question, Eli, doesn't Hashem do everything in the world? Mm. So what does it mean he makes shadochim? He does everything. Why does it say he makes shadochim? The answer is that it's easier to see him there. It's more open. Usually Hashem hides. There is more gilu. What do we mean when we say Hashem lives in the Beis HaMikdash Binyamin? He lives everywhere. What does it mean Hashem resides in the Beis HaMikdash Binyamin? It's easier to experience Him there. That's what it means. He lives He's everywhere. But it's the easiest place that we can access His existence there. That's what we mean when we say Hashem lives there. What does it mean Shabbos day Hashem arrives? He's here the whole week. What does it mean? It's easier to experience him there. You could, you could experience him there. We are more capable of experiencing him there. Less symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, in Shaduchim, in Shaduchim tolls, Tolis is, is a tremendous person who is, is a member of our yeshiva, Tolis Feld. Tolis learning, is learning in Eretz, I believe, headed back to the Holy Land shortly, but when I see Tully, I think of a few, I think of a sweet soul, a very sensitive, sweet, beautiful person, but Tully felt, the, it says Hashem is Mizavik Zivug, it means in Shaduchim, there's like almost open Hashem, in all you'll see in your own finding of your Shaduch, you'll see Ashkoch, it's like crazy, it's not normal, it's not normal, you'll see like an open to the point where Abchatzko, when two people got engaged, we asked, what's your story? And he wanted to hear it. Abchatzko didn't talk a lot, wasn't the Yentevigi, but he wanted it, t- tell me your story, because he would see Hashem openly in everybody's shidduch. It's like, it's crazy. Wild stories in people's zivugim. And my wife was in college, in school, and she had this girl that she befriended. She just liked. They did not grow up together, but they were both going to school. My, we were newlyweds. And my wife really liked this girl. And this girl said, oh, your husband's in Kolo. Could I send the question? She figured like Kolo people might know something. Could I, could I send the question to your husband? And she came home like three or four times with questions. I never knew the answer. They were like brilliant, fascinating questions. I never knew. After like the third question, I said to my wife, listen, I don't know the answer to this girl's questions, but if she's asking some question, these questions, I know her husband. And that's how Mrs. Feld met her husband, Rabbi Feld. <laughs> a true story. It's a true story. And, and this chus... This you know, was, the real answer is <laughs> It's funny, you ask questions. That, but all, Ashkoch Hashem, that's all. And, and to Ashkoch Hashem, I see, totally, I see worlds of Ashkoch, of Hashem running the world. Hashem's Mizavik Zivug, he puts things together, puts crazy ideas. And this one's mine. That one's mine. Who knows? Hashem's Mizavik, you see, tremendous Nisim. But I'm just thankful that Tully's in Yeshiva, party Yeshiva, and back visiting. 
If I could share this Gemara Toli, so the Gemara says that Reb Shmuel Bar Yehuda Barte, his daughter got sick and was nifter. His daughter was nifter. Was nifter. She passed away. So the Rabbanan said to Ula, Kum nasal, come get up, nasal, let's go, Ninchane, let's comfort him. Let's console Rab Shmuel Bayudi, lost his daughter, Rahmanulitzlan. Let's go be Menachim Avul. Let's go comfort Rab Shmuel Bayudi, lost his daughter. Amar Luhu responded, Ula, I won't go with you, rabbis. My Isli Gabe Nechamta de Bavla Yehuda. She said, I don't want to have any shaykhs. My Isli, what shaykhs do I have to the comfort of the Babylonians? The Gidufahi, it's a curse. They're inappropriate when they comfort mourners. And I won't go with you guys because you guys say the comfort of the Babylonians. I don't want to be part of that. What do they say? This heart that Ula refuses to go comfort Reb Shmur Ba Yehuda together with the Rabbanan. He says, Ma isli de I don't want to be part of the comfort of the Babylonians. Why? The Amri, they say, What can we do? Sounds so innocent, Shlomo. What's the terrible cursing of the Babylonians, Tully? They say, What could we do? What's wrong with saying, what can we do? My Efshar Lemevad. What could we have done? What's wrong with that comfort? Shrug. What can we do? What can we do? What's wrong with that comfort, Shmuley? I'm just calling you Shmuley. Totally. Interesting. 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 Says the Gemara Tully, when they say, what can you do, Avi? It doesn't sound so innocent. They say, what can you do? They shrug, what can you do? Says the Gemara, If you could do, you would do different. What can we do sounds like shucks, like if only we were in charge. No. It's not, it's not a truth, what can we do? So he went and comforted alone. It's not a truth what you're saying. Like, I'm sorry I couldn't protect you from God. It's not a truth. Now, I don't say to say to the person that it's all for the good. I'm not saying what we should say. But those words, what could we do? What could we do? That's not a truth. It sounds like if we could do different, we would. The real truth is that Hashem knows best. I, I don't say to say that to the person. What do we say? Say, I'm mocking Menachem. God should comfort you. The God, God should, I'm mocking Menachem, God should comfort you. You should find comfort in God. You should find that place in you that's aware Hashem's working with us, what we discussed earlier. That there's a place in us. I don't go there. When a guy is suffering the Shiva, you don't say, I don't go there. I let him work it out with Hashem and find that place. But you don't say, what can you do? It's fascinating, Binyamin. It, we would say, what can we do? But say that, okay, we just mean, but words matter. Words matter. And Ula wouldn't go along with the Nichem Avelim. 
because they said, what could you do? And he didn't want to say, what could you do? So he wouldn't even be there when those words were uttered. Words make a difference. Wow. Words impact. He didn't even want to hear those words. I don't want to be there by the comfort of Babylonians. Words matter a lot. Words are kaveya. Words matter. Words, how we say, what we say. I think before people get married, Ariel, I want you to build a gorgeous, gorgeous home. The main thing I think that builds a home are the words. The words create the environment fully. I'm very into watching that our speech. It says that... um, Some people's bitui, some people's expression are like stabbing swords. The smartest man said, Shloima Melech said, Yesh, there exist people whose baita, their expressions, are like the stabs of the sword. They're people whose expression put people down. They don't realize it. Their expressions are aggressive and hurtful. The language of smart people is healing. I think every person has to ask, do my words comfort or do my words hurt? Words matter a lot. What words you use, how you speak. There are people, I, I don't, I, I'm fired totally against cynicism. I hate sarcasm, I meant. I can't stand sarcasm. I'll tell you why I can't stand sarcasm. Sarcasm, you said something mean and you don't count it. I would rather somebody tells their kid, that was stupid. So you know you said something rough. Instead of saying, smart, eh? Your speech is so biting, I can't stand sarcasm. I'm like, the, if, I, if I have enemies in my life, I think sarcasm is dirty, ugly, inappropriate speech. I would quicker stop a guy in the dorm who spoke sarcastically than a guy who said curse words. I'm not, swear words. I'm not saying to say swear words. And I'm saying it's not classy. Sarcasm, people are going to die from your sarcasm. Whoa. I have seen in homes, I'll tell you a story. Chevra, I had a, a guy who I look up to and many of his kids struggle off the derech. I always wondered why. You know, could be, you know, just that's his kids. I once heard him up close to his family and I saw his speech was sarcastic. I have no Shiloh why. His speech is dirty. He stabs his kids all the time. Some people's bitui, their expression is the stabs of the sword. They're, they're stabbing people. The language of wise people is healing. Learn in your dorm room, every guy here, every guy here is headed, Be'ez HaShem, we're at ages, we're going to build families, Be'karv. I would say one of the great preparations of our life is learn healing speech. I'm not talking about everybody talking the same way, it has to fit your style, we're all unique personalities, but make sure your words aren't destructive and destroying words. Let's develop language that heals, language that builds, language that encourages. You know what I mean, Yisrael? I think we're holding before Rosh Hashanah, 
and I think a huge part of the Aser Simei we're going to speak about speech and the power of speech and a lot of tshuva is, 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 is doing is changing the, the style of our speech, making sure I want every one of us to be fit in that category of l'shoin chacham marpe, that the language of the wise people is healing. You have such healing speech. Your words uplift. Your words encourage. Your words heal. People, is, your roommates speak to you. They feel, they feel built. They feel created. We create that from language. So I made a registered a machan, one word. I didn't come here today to speak about one word. I came here to speak about words today. And I want to encourage us all to use our language more wisely and to start asking ourselves, are there words? I have seen people who are completely joking. I have seen rebellion. This I have witnessed, rebellion, who trying to be funny hurt people all the time with sarcasm, with cynicism, and their words are swords. They don't happen. You're like stabbing people, and people around them are getting hurt. Be very careful that we have l'shoin chachamim, that we have the language of wise people, the healing language, the l'shoin chachamim marpe, words that heal, words that build, words that construct. When people aren't careful with their words, they just say this, say that, I don't know, just things come out. Your words might be stabbing people and being very sharp. Are you a fan, Avi? You're a fan of sarcasm? I, I don't like sarcasm at all. I think you're punching. It's like very, it's the word passive-aggressive. It's much more aggressive than you want to be, and you don't mark it like that. Great job. I'd rather you say, I don't like what you did, than great job. Huh? Good work there. That's disgusting. I'd rather the guy like, to me there's an amount that you don't call yourself out for your speech. Mm. It's not just passive-aggressive mm. the guys. Mm. So instead of saying to a kid, I don't think that was the right thing to say, that would be to me like straight up. That was not the right. Say that yeah. was smart, eh? Like something like that. That's ugly to me. That stabbing speech. What do you think, Aaron? It's worse. I don't like sarcasm. Yeah. I think somebody has. It's interesting with humor. Tully asked about humor. I do want to point this out that people say things being funny. And thinking that they're being funny and a lot of pain is dished out. Be careful with that. I said over a story in Yeshiva. I, I, I'm going to say over the story because Vaiter, how language can bury. And when we're not careful, humor is classical. I was just being funny. How many people were hurt from somebody just being funny? It's not funny if you hurt somebody. Many of us were hurt by somebody just being funny. Why is that funny if you stab me? I put that all in the category have the language of healing, not the language of destroying. Language that builds, language that encourages. When I, when I first got married, Yehuda, when I first got married, so my father-in-law was in a shul, beautiful shul, the Rav was at Gessinger, a beautiful yid. There was a guy in the shul who, he was a sharp kind of fellow. He'd been through a lot of pain and he would say very tough things to people. When I came to the shul, I don't blame, I'm not talking about him. 
he would say that was his, there were reasons. He happened to have been very, very poor. There were things, I'm not excusing his toughness. I'm not coming to talk about his toughness. He said, when I came to Shul, it wasn't pleasant, Yehuda. He would say, he'd say loudly always, like, mooching off the schwer, like, you know, you're, you're taking from your father-in-law again. Like, what are you doing here? Back to the shul, taking from your father And he would loudly, like, say something, like, like quasi, that wasn't funny. Fine. I'm not talking about him. The bottom one is I watched in the shul. He would call out. He would, a guy would get an aliyah and he would knock him. Now, I saw people in the shul being funny back to him. And that I do want to talk about. Where they thought he would like it back. He dishes it, so you dish it back. That guy was the most sensitive guy you can imagine. And don't say mean things back. You can bury a guy by saying mean things back. He was, and I saw, I, when he would say lines to me, I'm watching for this, I would just say, I'm just happy to see you, and I'd, give, I, I'd be very warm to him and give back, because I saw, he, just because he said those lines, that was his discomfort, his own pain, his own inability to connect. I saw people that would knock him totally in the name of humor. And what's so sad is I suspect some of those guys who were knocking him back thought they were doing like a mitzvah. He loves it. I told one of our guys had a father-in-law who's the type who says stark lines and I saw the son-in-law start giving it back to his father-in-law. And I pulled the, kid, the guy aside who learned in this yeshiva. I told him to stop. Your father-in-law hates when you say means line back. Stop it. But you rash, he, he says though, he loves it. The guy you would say mean lines, the guy in shul would go home like it was so good. Would tell his wife, Pasha, I'm sure. It was so geschmack and he... He doesn't like it. And I saw I got very close to this man. He ended up visiting us. My father-in-law couldn't believe it. He visited us in the sukkah. He wasn't that type of mushy guy. His son eventually came to the yeshiva. But this person did not want to be tough back. So until when you say in humor about mean things, just like sarcasm, I agree with you. I happen to agree with you just like sarcasm. In you, hiding behind humor, and that was mean, don't say it. And even to people who are humorous themselves and give lines, he say he loves it. No, he doesn't. The guy who gives the line always likes it the least in the room. Always. Wow. I why he does it? He doesn't know how to relate in a regular way. He's always. A, I find that's the most sensitive guy. So I agree with Tully also. Mean lines hiding behind humor, I think, is very bad idea. Now I'm, I love jokes. I love bring on the jokes. The more jokes, the better. We cheered for Ashi. Ashi should say, we probably should have the joke of the day in Yeshiva. More jokes, the better. So I'm not trying to create like a stale, stifling place. It should be hysterical, the jokes. I am saying we shouldn't put down people. Not hiding behind sarcasm, not hiding behind humor. How many people have been stabbed by a guy, how many people have been embarrassed by a Rebbe trying to be funny and somebody was hurt? be very, very careful. Language is something that all of us coming to our year, our icker power and tool is language, is speech. Learn to have beautiful language. Learn to say beautiful things. I want to tell you a story. It's a hard story to give over. You have to, I, I'm going to say over this story, I've said it over before. I want to tell you a story that I experienced as an 18-year-old. And it's a beautiful story. My, my family and I used to go to a hotel for Pesach in Yemen. 
And there was a lady, an older Rebetzin, an incredible person, who had beautiful language. She would encourage people. She happened to have been hysterical, like a literally a crack up her jokes. Now, if you picture these two tables, picture Ruben Yona's table and our table. She started her and her husband by her table. And as Pesach, it was a, it was a, it was a Pesach program for old people. Me and my siblings were there because my grandparents would go to this Pesach hotel and every year they'd bring a different family from our family. They, we really rotated two families and they'd trade us one year. We would come the other and it was a place of older people. Now most of the tables around the hotel, a lot of Holocaust survivors, tons, and it was just a man and a wife. There were tables of two people. They were all old people, 70s, 80s and 90s. They would be at all the different tables and then we had a larger table because my grandparents brought us. And then this couple would start with a small table. As not much, usually not. Usually it brought. Oh, why didn't other people? It's a good question. Just people didn't. I don't know the answer. I have theories to that question. It is. It's a very good. As you where their families were, but this is how it was. As Pesach went on, Viggy. As Pesach went on, this lady who was so much fun and so funny and nice, the table would get bigger and bigger, Tully. By later in Pesach, they had, everybody would want to join. She was a comedian. She was warm, funny, crazy, excellent tzaddikas. And the table would get bigger. They would add chairs. People who were sitting by themselves would come and she would fear Tish. She was warm and nice, bigger, 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 huge table. She's sitting here. There were, we're the next table over. She would come to us. She was running her meal. We had a big family thing. She would come here and share jokes and stories and have us rolling. She's just a wonderful person, funny and nice. And this grandmother would come to our table like sharing stuff. Comes, comes, she, she's sharing. Right here, there's a table right here. Our table's here, hers is there, this growing table. There's a man and a wife at a table here. The guy was like a very sad person. Paul McGrump, a very sad guy. He was, oh, we had a, the whole yumtiv, he was like very upset at the waiters. You know, the, you know the type who's like makes the waiters bring back the food, it's not done well enough. They're like, oh, like, he was a very, you know, he, who knows what he'd been through, no judging of the guy. The bottom line is he was quite the negative guy. He's standing here at this table, he's sitting at his table, and she's standing to our table, and he just loses it. He says, what's wrong with you? You, st- you have to stand here? Of all places, get out of here. What you, and, he, and he loses it on this lady. What are you standing here? Go someplace else. Some, I guess it was bothering him. She's funny. She's laughing. She's loving. And it irked him, Shlema. And this older man's with his wife, and he starts screaming at this lady, go someplace else. Stop standing here. Why do you have to be here? So she looks at him. She says to him, you're a good-looking man, and I actually like standing. He's, she's a grandma. I like standing near a guy like you. She said she like complimented his good looks. And she's an older lady. She, like was, she was very complimentary of his good looks. And the guy's wife said that night that he asked his wife, looking in the mirror, my talk is so good-looking, he asked his wife. He felt good. Lemay said that those two people joined her table also. It was like a big, like we saw it go on. They also, like, the guy who was, like, least likely in the whole hotel joined the table also. 
my point to everybody here in a real way that we could have healing speech. Our speech could be healing and encouraging and building. And I think a big commitment, we're holding, we're holding in a month where people are thinking about the coming year. We're holding in a month where people are, 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 building, are building ourselves. Learning to have beautiful language. Learning to have holy language. Certainly staying away from Isurim. That's for sure. But better yet, learning to say constructive words, words that heal, words that build, words that matter, words that are true, to really learn a wholesome, healthy, good language. That's what I wanted to share with the guys. It's something that I, you watch as people steig, a huge area, maybe the biggest area, this, this mouth. This pad that could do so much construction. And I'm not saying to say words like other people say. Everybody has to be loyal to self, but really to learn to attach our mouths to our soul. To say things of value, of importance, of love. To have that healing mouth. A mouth that heals and builds. I think in our own family, the achana for raising our own homes that all of us should have this beautiful mouth that heals, not the expressions that destroy, that put down, that knock. I'm making definitely a campaign to knock out sarcasm. I love that Tully Feltz has even humor. How many people under the guise of humor say mean things that hurt people? And again, please use humor. A good mouth cracks the most jokes possible. But not hurting people. Don't, don't rip people. The jokes. I always loved Rev Ezzi's humor. And appreciate that he's hilarious. He doesn't bury people. He does, it's just funny and it actually picks up people. So, all for humor. All for humor. All for l'shayn chacham and marpe. The language of wise. <laughs> funny, yeah? Benjamin, are you into are you into sarcasm or you agree with my violent I feel like there's two kinds of sarcasm. There's good and there's bad. I agree. I agree. There could be a sarcasm that's Gishma. I agree, I agree. I agree. I don't I don't want to make like a new there's enough laws in the context like the Yeah, I agree, I agree. Benjamin, I do agree. I'm talking about a biting type of speech. I think there are people who don't chap how biting their speech is. So I think those have to call out the passive-aggressive okay. nature of sarcasm. There could be a sarcasm that's just What's funny. That's totally... What's it when you say sarcasm? Yeah, what? What is it when somebody's trying to say something nice and you say sarcasm? What's the flip? It's the same thing. What is that? Give me like a case of that. It's like, nah, you're on. <laughs> like, right, like that. Like, oh, like that, saying yeah. an insult that's meant to be... That could be, that could be a good type of sarcasm. Why, why does somebody do that? That's a good, that's a fun time. But that's what Carrot's saying, that. that you're ugly, same? really? Like, like really? That, that's the opposite. That. <laughs> that would be like, Ruben Yon is not smart. No. 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 That's a good type of sarcasm. That Benjamin I'm in for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you mask him to me. 
like starting a campaign. But it's not, I, I'm not just talking about sarcasm. This wasn't a speech about sarcasm. It wasn't a speech about a specific words. It's a speech about words in general. I think words just matter a lot. And, and the words we use, I think to roommates, people to start like just noticing the words they do. They're all different types. What Tully said in joking, how many times people really hurt other people and, and somehow think it's funny. That scenario in the shul, I was watching it. People thought they, it was like so gishmak how funny they were being back. People, and a guy was being hurt worse and worse and worse, worse who couldn't afford it. Tully, you mask him to that? Part of the campaign is using the You have been listening to a sheer from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.